Yes, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the WAM Strategic Value uh, webinar. My name is Jeff Wilson, and I'm chairman of Wilson Asset Management. Uh, I, I'm also the chief investment officer, um, and I will be the lead portfolio manager for this new company that we're raising money for at the moment. That's WAM Strategic Value. And the, and the ASX ticker, when it lists um, in late June this year, will be war. Um, yeah, thank you for joining us. I, I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I'm speaking to you today, the Gubby Gubby people, and pay my respects to elders past and present. I also acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land from which our shareholders, all you, uh, and supporters are currently viewing and listening to today's presentation. Now, this is Reconciliation Week, and it, it is a very important time um, you know, to acknowledge um, you know, the, the traditional owners of our land. The IPO WAM Strategic Value, it opened last Monday, the 24th of May, and um, you know, we are using a new share register, Atomic, at the moment, which they give us minute-by-minute uh, updates of who is, you know, how much has been applied for and who's been applied and who's applied. And, and we were you know, really you know, sort of stunned at the, um, you know, the significant amount of applications that came through on day one. The, um, you know, the, the, the strong demand has continued or the strong interest has continued. Uh, and, you know, that, that obviously is mainly for the priority a, um, uh, allocation, which w goes to all the 100,000-odd WAM shareholders in, in each of our, you know, seven listed vehicles. So thank you for all your interest. Uh, and, you know, myself as a lead portfolio manager, we look forward to, you know, working on your behalf um, because, you know, we are only here because, you know, shareholders, you know, like yourself, uh, support us. Uh, and, and if at any point in time you believe we shouldn't be here, then, uh, of course, you have every right, you know, to vote us out and remove us. Uh, in, in terms of WAM strategic value, what is WAM strategic value? It's a new lick um, that is effectively buying undervalued assets when we can see a catalyst that is going to change the valuation and, and move those undervalued assets to be fairly valued. Now, we say what we're trying to do is buy a dollar of assets. Ideally, we'd like to buy a dollar of assets for 50 cents and for that 50 cents to at some point in time be worth a dollar, you know, the true value of the assets. Um, what do we tend to find in reality that you're buying a dollar of assets for 80 cents uh, and, and when we can see catalyst that's going to move that 80 cent share price up to the full value of those assets being a dollar. So that's, that's the thesis we're using here. And, and I've used it, you know, I've been in the market since the early 80s, uh, and, and I've always been a believer um, in, in you know, taking as many of those opportunities as I can. The interesting thing is if you go back to 1965, um, when Warren Buffett, you know, took control of Berkshire Hathaway, a lot of his early investing was buying interests in closed-end funds at a discount NTA because it, it really is a very simple um, and, and logical uh, way of investing. 
In, in terms of the money we're raising, we're, we're going to raise $225 million. Yeah, that, that's it. Uh, $125 million is broadly to the a priority offered to the WAM family, and that's you know, what we're seeing significant interest in that, you know, that I mentioned. Um, the other $100 million is coming from you know, the broker's firm. So if you have a broker um, that you have a good relationship with and you want to apply for stock through that broker, you know, the stockbroker, then please do. Uh, and, and already the brokers, you know, we're only three days in. You know, they, they are, I think, well and truly over half um, in terms of filling that, that demand. So we're pretty confident that we will be oversubscribed. Um, you know, and, um, you know, and so that sets us up well for managing that pool of capital going forward. In terms of why are we doing it, we're doing it really to simplify our structure. Uh, in terms of you know, buying, our focus in terms of all our entities, whether it's looking at mid-cap, large-cap, small-caps, micro-caps, or whether it's looking for global companies, we try to buy undervalued assets um, we try to buy undervalued growth companies uh, and we buy them when we can see a catalyst that's going to, we believe, will change that company's valuation. Otherwise, we sit in cash. And when we sit in cash, we look for more shorter-term trading opportunities. Uh, and, and with that cash, that's when, you know, these undervalued asset or mispricing opportunities, um, you know, when they present themselves, we use that cash uh, and, and that's why over time we've played you know, the listed investment company and the listed investment trust market, you know, which, which we're participants in. Uh, and, and that's where I mentioned earlier, you know, where we look to buy a dollar of assets for 80 cents when we see a catalyst that we believe will change that share price and move it up 25% you know, to trade at, at closer to that dollar. So that's... Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we're simplifying the structure. So effectively, all the LICs that, well, that we own, um, we're moving across uh, to WAM Strategic Value. It's about $150 million worth of uh, shares. We're going to move them across on an, on an average 10-day VWAP for a pricing period. We'll sell them um, from WAM Capital and WAM Active into... WAM strategic value. So WAM strategic value on day one will have a, a good portfolio. At the end of last month, you know, what did that portfolio look like? It's, if, you, if you're looking for the exact portfolio, which um, we have one at the end of March, which is on page 50 of the prospectus. And if you are interested in applying for shares, please read the prospectus in detail. Um, and at the end of last month, that those... Uh, the group, the 16 listed investment companies were, were trading at an average 12.7% discount and having a, a yield, uh, fully franked, uh, an average yield of 3.6%. So we already get a good head start with the portfolio. Uh, and then myself and you know the 14 uh, investment professionals at Wilson Asset Management uh, helped with Jesse Hamilton, our CFO, and Marty McCarthy, our head of ops, um, in terms of managing this uh, new pool of capital, and, and we'll, we'll, we will be investing you know, the other money uh, as opportunities present themselves. So um, that's that pretty much gives you a, a bit of an idea um, of of the investment approach. 
you know, in the prospectus, we give you a few examples. You know, with the companies we buy shares in um, you know, the, the, that are trading at a discount asset, we like to work with them more so in a partnership. People think because we happen to you know, pick the acronym, it had to be a WA acronym for being listed, and because we picked WAR, they think we'll be overly aggressive. Um, we will invest how we've always invested. Now, we take a medium-term uh, approach. We buy when we believe we can see a catalyst that's going to change the valuation, and we're very happy to work with companies um, to get them to really realise their full potential and their full value. Uh, and so we see it more as a partnership, um, you know, to, to, really, to really focus on you know, helping them. And, and in terms of you know, what we need to do or what is a listed investment company, our main focus is going to be on listed investment companies and listed investment trusts. It'll also, there'll be, tr you know, there'll be arbitrage opportunities, trading opportunities, you know, more short-term um, you know, profitable opportunities we see. And there'll be other player, there'll be other plays when we're buying assets at a discount that are listed on the Australian market. Um, but what we what a listed investment company and a listed invest trust needs to do to trade at NTA, if not a premium, and of the six that we floated ourselves, all six of them are trading at NTA or a, a premium. At the biggest premium at the moment is WAM Research, which is a I think a 36% premium at NTA. WAM Capital is trading at a 20-odd percent uh, premium to NTA. And, and as I mentioned, all the LICs we floated are trading at NTA, not a premium. The only one that isn't is um, WMA, yeah, our, uh, the WAM Alternate Asset Strategy, and we took that over from Blue Sky. It was trading at a 30% discount. It's now trading you know, at about a 10 or 12% discount. And we're pretty sure that over time we'll be able to get that to NTA. Now, how, how is that possible? Um, and, and how that is possible is listed investment companies or trusts, what do they need, need to do to trade at NTA if not a premium? They have to perform. They have to provide a growing stream of fully frank dividends to their shareholders. They have to do what every listed company needs to do, and that's treat shareholders with respect. Unfortunately, a number of boards don't realise that they're only there because the shareholders allow them to be there, um, and it's really all listed companies must understand that they must respect shareholders, and unfortunately, some don't. And the fourth thing, which I think is more the sort of the crucial thing, which a lot of um, you know, companies uh, don't pay attention to, and that's really have a detailed shareholder engagement, um, a detailed uh, marketing communication strategy. Uh, and that's what we have. You know, we've got uh, eight people in that area currently. We're just adding another one. Uh, and, and we think, you know, as shareholders own the company, it is our responsibility to spend significant resources and it's our money we're spending you know, to communicate with shareholders, to market to them and to engage with them. So that's, that's, you know, that's I think, what needs to be done. Unfortunately, a lot of companies you know, don't do that last piece. Um, in terms of the offer, you know, the offer, it, it is a short offer. You know, it's only open for a, a, a three-week period. So if you are interested, you know, please um, you know, put your application in. 
you know, depending on how the demand is, you know, obviously the, the board always has the opportunity to close the offer early. Um, now I'm not sure what the board will decide, but it, you know, as I mentioned earlier, yeah, we've been surprised at how strong the demand has been in the first uh, three days. Um, that's the formal part of the presentation. Look, why don't I? Uh, I'll pass over. I'll pause now and pass over to Olivia Harris, who's one of our uh, top um, you know, people in the corporate affairs department, and she can take us through uh, any any questions that you have. And please. Um, I'd like this to be as, as interactive as possible and anything that's on your mind, please ask us. Thanks, Olivia. Thanks very much. Thanks, Jeff. Um, we're just going to run through a couple of questions that we've received since the last webinar that have been pretty popular. Um, the first one is, what is the anticipated effect of WAM strategic value on the rest of the Wilson Asset Management listed investment companies? Uh, effectively, what we're doing is, I mentioned earlier, you know, we're sort of taking a leaf out of Steve, Steve Jobs, you know, obviously the founder of Apple, his book, uh, and or his way of, of, of doing things, and it really was to simplify um, everything. Uh, and that's what we're doing is we're putting all our listed investment companies in one entity, you know, the, the discounted asset plays. Um, and so broadly 9% of WAM Capital's uh, capital will be transferred across at that 10-day VWAP and 18% of WAM Active's capital will be transferred across. All those shares will be sold uh, and WAM strategic value will buy them. What that does, it means that WAM, um, WAM Capital and WAM Active will, let's say with WAM Capital, instead of using 91% of the assets to look for undervalued growth companies and then when we can't looking for trading opportunities, It'll be using 100% of that. And for WAM Active, exactly the same. Instead of being using 82% of the capital to looking for more short-term trading opportunities, it'll be using 100% of that capital. Um, so that's that's effect. That, you know, there's no significant uh, impact. It just means they'll be more concentrated um, you know, on, on what they do. And that, you know, the, the undervalued um, asset plays will be uh, mainly LICs will be put in WAM strategic value. Thanks, Jeff. And you did touch on this a little bit. Um, the next question is, will war be aggressive in forcing change in those funds that continue at material discounts? And you'd mentioned how, you know, some people think with the ticker that it is a bit aggressive, but could you maybe discuss in a bit more detail the partnership model and maybe an example of where you've done that in the past yeah. to work with these other companies? Now, look, uh, thanks, Olivia. And, and you know, when we buy an interest in a company, you know, we're very happy to tell them exactly you know, what, what we do. Um, and you know, for those that have got a, a, a reasonably long memory, there was a company listed, a listed LIC called Hunter Hall. Uh, and there, there was, they were just in the process of putting a new chairman in we were a small shareholder. They were trading at a 20% discount NTA. Their performance had been you know, reasonably solid. Um, but unfortunately, you know, they just kept trading at a, a significant discount. And we explained to the, the new chairman that you really had to um, – shareholders were looking for a dividend. Even though they didn't have any franking at that point in time, 
you know, they realised they had made profit because they were mainly a global investor um, and they're better off you know, providing a growing stream of dividends. Eventually, they became fully franked. Um, they were trading at a 20% discount in the early days. We explained to them, we effectively showed them you know, how we you know, engage with our shareholders um, or, or we gave them the recipe for the secret sauce that we use um, and, and, and they, they really did um, you know, pay attention uh, and they did, in, uh, they did do you know, pretty much everything that um, you know, we explained to them was required. You know, that includes entry surveys, exit surveys, you know, a detailed communication with your shareholders, um, really focusing on a hierarchy of shareholders, obviously the, you know, you know, paying attention to, you know, to communicate with your larger shareholders as well as all your smaller shareholders. Um, and they really moved the share price from a 20% discount to within a 3% uh, discount. Uh, and over that time, you know, we rolled out of our position. Well, we, sorry, we were rolling out of our position. Then, unfortunately, the board had a brain snap and they did a placement and a capital raising at a significant discount, uh, which unfortunately put them back again. And, and, and we actually increased our position. Uh, so that, that's, that gives you a bit of an idea of, um, and, and an example of one. Thanks, Jeff. And will you be just... Um, will you be investing in anything besides listed investment companies and listed investment trusts? Yeah, the answer to that is yes, we will. Uh, and it's really the, the focus here is undervalued assets. So, and when we can believe we can see a catalyst going to change the valuation. So, it could be a company that has, I mean, like another old one that we were a significant player in is RHG, you know, call an EGM to roll the board there. Uh, and that was that was just buying assets at a discount. And, and the beautiful thing about that, in the end, we, we, we received a fully frank dividend that was equivalent to you know, more than the money we actually put in. Um, so, yes, it will be – it's not only LICs and LITs. It's, it's various other opportunities you know, we'll take um, – you know, we'll take example of – yeah, we'll, we'll take – sorry, not um, – yeah. But another example, just in terms of your question earlier, um, you know, will we be aggressive – uh, and and the answer is, um, we would prefer to work with companies. Uh, uh, occasionally, and, and I talk about sort of the carrot and the stick. We'd prefer to give them as much carrot as possible. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes you know they they go askew and they you know, they they don't focus on looking after shareholders. And then if we need to come out with a stick, then we're very happy to. So I, I suppose if if you, because the acronym. You know, our listing is WAR. Everyone thinks that it'll be aggressive. You know, we'd prefer to be sort of work as a partnership initially. And if we need to um, be aggressive, then we're happy to do that. Thanks, Jeff. And I'll now move to some of the questions that people are sending through on the webinar. The first one is from Robert, and it's shared by a couple of people. Um, what is the plan for dividends? With WAM strategic value, yeah, we, we've always, with all our entities, you know, that's sort of the, the number. You know, one of the very important things that um, listed investment companies have the ability to provide to shareholders, you know, a consistent and growing stream of fully frank dividends, and that's our plan here as well. Uh, you know, we'll we'll be planning on. It really depends on how what profit we make. 
um, because we need a profit reserve or a profit to pay a dividend. So it really de it depends on how we perform in the first six to 12 months. We would like to pay dividends each six months. You know, the, the first dividend, you know, assuming we perform, would be for the period you know, to December, the half year, and then the second one would be for the period to June. Uh, and, and we'd like to provide a growing stream of fully frank dividends. And we'd like that dividend yield to be above you know, the all odds. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the portfolio we've currently got has got an average yield of 3.6%. Now, with that average yield, um, you know, that, that's we're getting franking coming in. And what we'll do is we'll enhance the franking by any profit we make. Now, then we'll pay tax and that'll give us more franking. So, yeah, that's how with, say, WAM Capital or, or yeah, more recently, WAM Global or, or WAM Leaders, we've been able to yeah, grow the dividend um, and grow them to an excess of what the current market yield is. And that would be exactly the same plan for WAM strategic value. Thanks, Jeff. And the next question is from Eddie. Um, will the assets be primarily Australian or global investments? Well, the, the interesting thing is, if you look at the portfolio we've got at the moment, they're, they're primarily listed uh, in Australia, but two of our larger positions are actually global fund managers. Um, so initially with the portfolio, um, and, that's, and that's Templeton Global, TGG, and we use that example in the... Um, yeah, in the prospectus, and the other one is the Pengana um, LIC, which uh, PIA. So, yeah, we're 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 really happy to invest wherever wherever we think we've got a competitive advantage. Predominantly, we'll be focusing on Australian listed companies, uh, listed you know, LICs and LITs, and undervalued asset plays. Um, but we do have potential to go offshore if you want. Thanks, Jeff. And the next question, what are the tax implications of selling the licks currently held by the existing WAM licks to the war vehicle? Yeah, it, it, it really is um, like our normal business in terms of selling across. Obviously, any losses, um, yeah, there'll be, um, yeah, we'll get a benefit from that. And any profit, you know, there'll be tax paid on that. But you must remember that both... WAM Active and WAM uh, Capital, we turn our portfolio over. Well, WAM Active is probably, the portfolio is probably turned over four times a year. So, um, yeah, whatever tax, you know, we, we tend to pay tax and that's by paying the tax, that's how we're able to give you those you know, significantly higher fully frank dividends than you get from the, uh, from the market um, because we think the franking's better off in your hands than our hands. Um, and, and so... Yeah, the the there will be there will be a, it will be a tax event, but it won't have any significant impact um, on a, on either company. Uh, if anything, it'll just provide a bit more franking. Thanks, Jeff. And the next question is from Andrew. Given the small number of listed investment companies, what other asset classes might be an avenue for investment? Well, the, the, I mean, there are a little over 100 listed investment companies, and the interesting thing is about 80% of them are trading at a discount NTA. Now, obviously, we'd like to buy them at as biggest discount possible, um, and, and that is, you know, I mean, that is a big 
uh, market. You know, we're only managing, it's about $53 billion. We're only going to raise $225 million. And someone asked me in, um, in, you know, when we were doing a presentation, look, Aish, why don't you raise a lot more? Uh, and one of the reasons for that is we think $225 million is probably a sweet spot to start. Um, it, it's really, it's, it's very manageable. Um, it's sort of, yeah, and, you know, we've already got a portfolio that's, you know, of $150 million. Yeah, you know, we're already set in a significant percentage of that portfolio. In terms of other areas, it's really any other, other companies that are trading at discounts to NTA. Yeah, I mean one of the one of them that's on our on our um, yeah, on our radar, uh, and, and this is just a, a discounted asset play, and we have a reasonable position in WAM Capital, and that's not on LIC. Yeah, the, and but we're not we're only moving across the LICs and LITs. About sixteen of them are moving across, uh, but that one that we think is still cheap, and it's a discounted asset play, about a twenty five percent discounted asset play is Gemworth. Um, so. These are companies that are trading at discount to assets and, and we believe there's a catalyst to close that gap. So you know, the, mainly the focus will be on licks and uh, LITs, but the portfolio could have other discounted asset plays. So that, that'll give it just a bit of an enhancement in terms of performance from that. Thanks, Jeff. And you did touch on this next question a little bit when you mentioned the size of the capital raising, keeping it, keeping it to $225 million. Um, the question from David is, will you ever consider raising more capital in this lick in the future? Uh, yeah, we definitely, we definitely can. Uh, and you look at WAM Capital. When we floated that 20-odd you know, years ago, we raised $20 million. So um, it, it, it comes back to our ability to perform with that money. Yeah, we we picked two twenty five million, so we think that's yeah that's a really good sum of money that we can perform with. Um, yeah, so we we could yeah one of the brokers would say, look, you could easily raise you know, half a billion dollars. Why don't you do that? Obviously, it would be yeah it would take us longer to invest. Um, it would be yeah potentially more challenging for us to invest it. Now, I'm very confident we can. You know, get a good return from the 225 million we're managing, and we're very happy to grow it uh, if it's in all shareholders' interests, um, and and we'll do that over time. Thanks, Jeff. And the next question is from Terence: If the priority application is oversubscribed, would you reduce your own application to help with the oversubscriptions? And maybe if you could yeah. touch on scale back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the uh, hi, hi, first of all, I would love to. Uh, the only the, the tough thing is it's sort of you know like the takeover law you know, whatever you say you're going to do you have to do. I, I remember when we floated WAM Capital, yeah you know, we raised twenty million dollars and I, you know, being a novice you know, in in floating LICs, then I think the first article um, was in the Sun Herald saying that we we're raising to twenty million dollars and I was quoted as saying I was putting a million dollars in. And then we had ASIC on the phone. Well, why wasn't it in the prospectus? And then, then we had to put a supplementary saying, oh, I was putting a million dollars in. So effectively, what I've said in the prospect what we've said in the prospectus, we have to abide by. So even though I would like to cut myself back to give it to, you know, if, if the priority was oversubscribed, unfortunately I can't. Uh, and, and actually, the good thing is my five million is actually coming out of the broker's side. <laughs> you know, I made sure it's not coming out of the you know, the WAM priority 
uh, side. Um, so, uh, yeah, so ideally we don't have to cut people back. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's, that's the ideal scenario for us. Thanks, Jeff. And the next question is from Peter. Um, you are the lead portfolio manager of WAM Strategic Value. Could you discuss your succession plan a little bit? Yeah, the, uh, I, I'm a young 63. Now, my plan, historically, my plan was to retire when I was 80. The, um, and the interesting thing is, you know, when we did Future Generation Global uh, and with FGG, effectively the money that we uh, give away each year goes to youth mental health. Um, talking to all those professionals in the mental health uh, area, they're all saying, hey, look, you've got to keep an interest, don't retire. So it was 80, so I, in theory I've got 17 years left. Um, but, you know, after FGG, I'm thinking about pushing it out a little bit. And when you see, like, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett, you know, why not keep doing what you love doing? In terms of my succession planning, well, first of all, you know, I'm the one that makes all the noise. You know, the company's run by Kate Thorley, our CEO, and she does an exceptional job. The, you know, if I dropped off my perch tomorrow, you know, then Kate, I would assume, it would be up to all the boards, but I'd, I'd assume Kate would you know, become uh, chair of all the uh, listed investment companies. Also, in terms of you know, we've got 14 uh, professionals, investment professionals, which have over you know, well, nearly 200 years of experience. Um, so any of those... Uh, people could easily step into my shoes. And, and the, the weird thing is everyone thinks I do a lot of work. Yeah, I, I actually, I have a great, uh, I have a great balance in life. Yeah, I might make a lot of noise, but everyone else in the organisation, they're the ones doing all the hard work. And, and as we've always been taught, yeah, employ people that are smarter than yourself. Yeah, so probably if I yeah, fell off the perch, everything would go a lot better. But uh, I might be the handbrake for the organisation. But that, that's sort of the, the succession plan is we have a succession plan. You know, we broadly, you know, we know what would, would happen if I got hit by a bus tomorrow. Uh, and we've already got that in place. That's great. Thanks very much, Jeff. And the next question is from Susan. It's about the application. If she applies for shares online, can she pay on the last day? And would that have any effect on her allocation? Yes, uh, that's a fascinating question, Susan. The, as we've already had quite strong demand for the priority, it, it is up to the directors. Well, first of all, I would be doing exactly what, you want, what you're doing. I would I would pay on the last day because why pay a cent, you know, why pay a day earlier? Um, the the risk is that the, there is enormous amount of demand and the board decides to close the issue early, and the board has the right to do that. Now the, you see the broker firm closes on the fourth um, of June. I, I severely doubt the board would close the issue before that, you know, the 4th of June. The, you know, ideally, you'd like to keep the issue open till the last day we've said it will be open, but it really is a board decision. Um, so there is a little bit of risk on that. You, you're just running a little bit of risk. Now, to me, I, I'd, I'd want to pay. I know it's only a week, but I'd want to have it paid by the, 
you know, the break of firm date, which is in the prospectus, which we talk about the 4th of June, just to be on the, the relative safe side. Thanks, Jeff. And we have had some follow-up questions on when you previously explained how WAM strategic value will affect the other Wilson Asset Management licks. Um, yeah. Andrew has asked if you can re-explain the simplification of the WAM family. Does that mean yeah. that WAM Active and WAM Capital will be discontinued? Yeah, and not at all. So, so let's let's look at we'll look at WAM Capital first. What WAM Capital does it. it, it it invests in undervalued growth companies um, and buys them when, when it can see a catalyst that's going to change the valuation. Uh, and, and then when it's sitting in cash, it looks for more short-term trading opportunities. Where the discounted asset plays uh, are utilised as a portfolio manager is looking for those more trading opportunities. So in that, um, you know, this looking at that, those trading opportunities. So broadly, WAM Capital, 50% of its portfolio is undervalued growth companies with a catalyst. The other 50% is those more short-term trading opportunities. Of that other 50%, 9%, which is effectively 18% of the 15%, 50% or 9% of the whole company, is made up of listed those 16 listed investment companies. They will be uh, sold out to WAM Strategic Value on a 10-day VWAP. So WAM Capital will receive 9% cash. And then what WAM Capital will do with those cash, that cash, at least look for those undervalued um, growth opportunities or trading opportunities. So that nothing, nothing will change with what WAM Capital does. Um, the... All we're doing is removing the LICs and putting cash in, and that cash is going to be utilised as it's always utilised. In terms of WAM Active, effectively, WAM Active is just the trading opportunity. So it's 100% more short-term trading opportunities. Um, and of that, 18%, broadly 18% of it is the listed investment companies. So they're going to be sold out, uh, and WAM Active will receive 18% cash, which the, that, that part of the portfolio turns over four or five times a year. It's, it's very actively traded. So that cash will be quickly, quickly utilised, uh, a new IPO, a block of socket, a discount, uh, a tr any trading opportunity. So those companies will continue to grow and prosper. Um, and the simplification is, like a lot of people like you know, the, the logic of buying that dollar of asset for 80 cents, so the simplification was, well, let's put all the LICs in the, into their own entity, uh, which is WAM strategic value. That's the simplification. Thanks very much, Jeff. And the next question is from Phil. Are you looking at VG1 as an investment? Uh, we are a small shareholder in VG1. Yeah, the, yeah a very good manager. Um, the the and and I believe that eventually VG one will trade at NTA if not a premium, uh, and and they just need to and I've had a number of conversations with Rob and his team, um, and what they need to do. I know there's a lot of noise at the moment with you know, David Kingston, uh, and Malcolm McComas, and, and like unfortunately David and Malcolm they don't add any value, uh, they make noise, uh, but I, I think in the end 
well, my, my experience is they've 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 taken they've extracted value from shareholders. Um, yeah, and I can go in that in detail, but we're not talking about that specifically. Um, but yeah, VG One, yeah, I think is well managed, a, a good management team. So you're backing them. They understand you need to provide a growing stream of fully frank dividends, and you saw what they're talking. You know, they're talking about dividends a lot more uh, openly. Um, they'd been a little bit hesitant on growing that uh, those uh, dividends, which I think now they're focused on. Um, they do treat shelves with respect. I know there was a little problem with their uh, their call the other day. They didn't know a live chat was on, so there's a bit of confusion there. But yeah, you know, I've known you know, Rob for a long time, you know, probably nearly 30 years, um, and and he has very you know, he does treat his shelves with respect. Uh, and in terms of the last piece of the puzzle, you know, that's where they've got to up their game significantly, uh, and that's shallow engagement. That's shelter communication, and that's marketing. And, they, and they, they need to commit resources. I believe they are and they will. You know, so uh, I would be, um, if I was a holder at a discount, I definitely wouldn't be a seller. Thanks, Jeff. And the next question is from John. This is an interesting one. How will you get the long-term growth above the underlying asset rate of growth? So will you be relying on the one-off the one -off closing of the discount? Um, and then after that, will will the growth be the same as the underlying asset? Yes. So, so in theory, I mean, John, that that, that is a great question, and it really, it, it really sort of, um, you know, it's a good opportunity to summarise what we're trying to achieve. So, broadly, if we're buying a dollar of assets for eighty cents, and over time, and and those underlying you know, um, assets, being the LICs, are managed. Um, and, and they are going to perform, you'd hope, in line, if not better, than the market. So you're going to get market or, if not better, performance if the manager performs, and we, we expect better. Uh, and then also you're going to get the added benefit of the discount being narrowed or, or being totally eliminated. So ideally what, what WAM Strategic Value gives you, it gives you exposure to all those fund managers cheaply and it by us working with those managers uh, and, and using the carrot if we need to, uh, and, and if we need to use, use the stick, use the stick, yep, we can get those share prices to reflect the full value of those assets. So you get an enhanced return. You not only get the return of the underlying manager, but in theory you get that you know, 20 to 25% uplift over time you know, by us closing those discounts. And, and we have traded in and out. Like, yeah, you know, we we would prefer there to be more LICs than less LICs. Yeah, you know, I mean, we would taking them over tends to be towards our last resort. Um, and, and again, any of the, um, you know, the WAM Capital, WAM Global, WAM Leaders, yeah, you know, they will still if they believe it makes sense to take over an LIC. Um, that WAM strategic value is a large shareholder in, they will that that will still happen. Thanks, Jeff. And the next question is from David. If you're investing in other licks, including WAM Zone, aren't you deriving management earnings from licks where you are already deriving management earnings? So does that mean it's double on management and yeah. bonuses? Yeah, the, we won't be investing in the WAM licks. 
So therefore, there won't be, you know, there, there won't be any double up. Um, you know, we're investing in other licks. And, and some people are, like to me, you know, some people are saying, oh, well, doesn't it mean you're getting a management fee? And, you know, we, we're, we're charging you know, the same as what we charge for WAM Active, you know, the same management you know, fee structure, a 1% management fee and a 20% performance fee with a high watermark. Um, and, and the in terms of, you know, that, that's what we're charging. In terms of the any any company anyone invests in that's listed on the stock market, whether it's a lick, a lit, or an operating company, they have management costs. So some people are, are saying, "Oh, look, we're getting a fee, and then we're buying shares in another LIC that's that's you know they're they're, they're getting paid a management fee. So there's double management fees. Well, any list any listed company that's managed managed has double management. <laughs> Effectively, if, if we as a fund manager invest in them. Um, so what we're trying to do is we accept there's a fee there. We're trying, we're trying to find people that are going to outperform the market. So we're getting a better return even after the fee. And then we're trying to um, also help them close the gap. So that's effectively uh, what we're doing. Yeah, we're not, we're not buying shares in our own licks. Thanks, Jeff. And the next question is from another David, and that's can he increase the number of shares that he's already applied for? Oh, I should ask you, Olivia. (laughs) 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 Oh, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe. I can can take that one. Yeah, Olivia Um, can work that out. Yeah, so if you've sent in an application. Don't get get excited. When, When I started the industry, in 1980, one of one of my, the rules of my then uh, boss, Don Brinkworth, he, he had I think he had his like 50 rules of investing, and one rule was when you go to a company meeting, then don't buy or sell the stock for two days after, because you want everything that you know. Like okay, you're listening now, you're all enthusiastic, you think oh geez Jeff's going to do a good job, hey let's let's just calm down, <laughs> now see. <laughs> In two days' time, you might think, oh, well, actually, yeah, I'm happy with my commitment. Uh, and don't overcommit yourself because, yeah, like, if you want to – my view of the market, it, it, it's it's a very tricky market. There's a lot of excesses in the market. Yeah, it, it, we could be yeah, – we could be in the yeah, – where, where are we in the cycle? We know that over time the market performs. Um, but, yeah, I, I would – yeah, the market has had a great run, so I would only commit – the capital you're prepared to sleep at night. Yeah, you know, it's it's all about you know, if the market's down fifteen to twenty percent, would you be yeah, you know, would you be comfortable sleeping at night? So don't overcommit yourself. But, but anyway, David, that, that's it, it's obviously I can't give advice. So that's just a few thoughts. Thanks, Jeff. And David, just in terms of the technicalities of your question, if you've already applied for some shares and you've sent in that payment and you want to increase that, you do need to submit another application to Atomic, the share registry. And that's just to make sure that, um, you know, we've got got all the numbers sorted in the back end and that you haven't overpaid um, or underpaid. Um, Jeff, the next question is from Andrew. What are your thoughts on Pengana's change to offshore management? Yeah, the, the I mean, and that's the, the old Hunter Hall has turned up as Pengana. Um, well, PIA, Pengana took over Hunter Hall. Uh, the, the, I mean, all the work I've done on them and speaking to them and speaking to, you know, Frank 
uh, Gooch, the chairman of PIA, who uh, who's one of the sort of doyens of the LIC industry, um, you know, did a did a great job at Milton over a, a long period of time, uh, and, and to speaking to the other people at PIA, you know, they are a very credible, um, you know, good manager. The we're we're not a you know, if it's cheap, we'll buy it. We were buying some the other day when it was at a ten percent plus discount. Um, we sold some, you know, a couple of months ago when we sold them at NTA. So we're happy to trade around our position. I believe that they'll get back to NTA. You know, they've got some really good communication people um, that I know well, uh, and so I think they'll get back there. And and for us is we'll roll out. Um, and we'll look for other opportunities. But, yeah, so to me it's obviously they, they have to perform. Um, they, they have to – Pingana, they understand what's required. You would have seen their pre-tax NTA dropped a little bit the other day. Now, I quizzed them on that. Um, you know, you, if you look at the difference between uh, the two-week um, pre-tax NTA, and that was because the, the money was going across to the new fund, so that's tax paid. So that was about three cents. Yeah, so that allows them to pay ten cents fully franked. So there is a nice little profit reserve and franking, yeah, kitty there. So they should be able to grow the dividend over time. Uh, and, and yeah, to me, I'm pretty confident I'll get back to NTA. Thanks very much, Jeff. And it doesn't appear that we have any questions coming through on the telephone line. So we might wrap up with um, kind of a fun question for you, and that's from Russell. Uh, what do you do to keep fit? <laughs> oh, I, I, I go Russell on Mondays I, I cycle for 85, 85 kilometres on Wednesday I do 60 kilometres and on, on Friday I do 50 kilometres and then I, I see uh, on Monday and Friday for an hour I see a personal trainer so that's the uh, I, I, I probably hey, I know it's tough as we as we all get older now we sort of yeah, got a bit more time, so yeah, try to keep as as fit as we can. I would say I was saying the other day to someone, I think I'm, I'm the fittest I've been for forty years, I think. Uh, and yeah, probably yeah, touch touch wood somewhere. Yeah, I'll I'll drop down dead tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, that, that's what I do, and and also like we all know, it's it's effectively it's calories in. So just try to you know try to. Uh, yeah, you know, just keep keep the quantity in and the quantity out. Yeah, you know, keep keep eat, eat, try to try to keep it at equilibrium, and that's the in terms of equilibrium. That's effectively, yeah, you know, what um, what happens with listed investment companies. Effectively, it's as simple as that. Yeah, you know, why do they trade at NTA if not premiums? It's really you know, first year economics. Yeah, you know, supply and demand. If there's more demand than supply, yeah, you know, then they trade it. NTA, if not a premium, um, if there's more supply than demand, then they trade at a discount. And it's really, you know, I believe, you know, it's it's yeah. You know, if if the people managing those companies want to continue to succeed, you know, then it's incumbent on them to work out strategies to change the equilibrium. Uh, and the the interesting thing is, I mentioned before, WAM Research trading at a 35% plus premium. The that, that was it, it did trade at a premium when we floated it. It traded a premium for a short period of time, uh, and we floated it back 0304. 
Um, and then it went to a, a discount. And it was at a discount for nearly seven years. And over that time, you know, we really worked on the share register to tighten the share register up to make everyone who owns shares in the company understand what we're doing as a manager so they had confidence in what we did. Um, and unfortunately, probably in retrospect, we're too successful because then, it, you know, so we really tightened up the supply uh, and then there ended up being some demand. And now for someone to buy exposure to that company, you know, back in the old days, they could buy it at a discount and now they're paying, you know, they're, they're paying a dollar thirty-five for a dollar of assets. Now, yeah, you know, I find that very. I find well, as an investor, to me, that's a very very challenging. Thanks very much, Jeff. And we might leave it there with all the questions. So I'll just put a reminder slide back up to everyone, so you can see that the priority offer does close on the tenth of June. If you want to apply... Officially, officially the 10th, yeah. Officially, yep. And it's up to the, um, yeah, the board could close earlier. It's up to the board, yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Um, if you do want to apply, please visit our website, wilsonassetmanagement.com.au forward slash strategic value. You can find the prospectus there um, as well as the application form. So, Jeff, if you have any final words today. Well, I'd just like to thank you, Olivia Rose, for a, a fantastic job. Uh, of course, look, thank you all, all our shareholders and all our supporters and, and people that are interested in what we're doing. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we are here because of yourselves. You know, we all love what we what, what we do. Um, you know, we love investing and, and finding those investment opportunities. Um, you know, as I've mentioned earlier, you know, I, I'm putting my hard-earned uh, in this uh, entity. You know, I'm also the lead portfolio manager, so... You know, Oscar Oberg, who does you know, the, the undervalued growth companies focusing on mids and smalls, or Matt, who does undervalued growth focusing on large, or Katrina, who's the lead portfolio manager for, for WAM Global. You know, they now can you know, look across and say, oh, well, Jeff, you know, you're lead portfolio manager for this one. How are you going? So that, that, that levels the playing field a little bit. Uh, and I think there's a great opportunity, the great opportunity for us to work with you, but also to work with those other companies uh, and, and to create value over time. So I'd love you to come with us all on the journey. Um, you know, thank you for your time and, and thank you, you know, for your interest.